Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Kia ora and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Barry Guy and this week I'm joined by Hamish Bidwell, Alice Soper, Clay Wilson and Matt Chatterton. Well, we start this week with the cricket. The Black Caps and their summer of discontent continues losing their third straight Super Over playoff to go uh, see their T20 series against India slip away with the tourists taking an unassailable 3-0 lead in the five-match series. So where's it all going wrong? Or is it going wrong? T20 can be uh, so much of a lottery. Uh, and we've certainly uh, seen all sorts of things happen in the three games so far. Clay Wilson, uh, you've been following it closely. Um, you know, we are we getting a bit down uh, about three losses against India? Well, I think after those three tests in Australia, Black Caps fans were looking forward to getting a win on the board, but we're now six and oh, and I don't think it's been a, been a quite a few years since the Black Caps have lost six games a row across across formats. So, uh, looking back to that most recent match on Wednesday night. Um, I guess regardless of the result, a heck of a game to see it go down like that, the way Kane Williamson played, and I guess the Black Caps bottled it a little bit in the end. Two great opportunities to to, um, to win those games, obviously, in the end of the, the last over and, and in the Super over as well. So I, I, I don't know. I, think, I guess the T20 World Cup's coming up at the end of the year, so there's concern in that sense. But as you mentioned, T20 can be a bit of a lottery. Um, there's certainly some work to do in terms of Super overs. I think six from seven the Black Caps have lost now, and Tim Southey's bowled five of those winning just one so maybe there's a perhaps a new bowl that'll look at it when it comes to super overs but um, in terms of t20 still a while to go until the world cup so they won't be too worried but it does show that there is a bit a bit to work on in terms of that format i don't know if uh, other people uh, that i've spoken to have sort of said oh let's get rid of uh, super overs and that sort of thing but i mean you've got to find a winner somehow and, you know, it's obviously really exciting, you know, that it comes down to uh, one over in the end and the crowd gets involved and TV will love it. Uh, and you, you have to find a, a winner some way. I remember many years ago the we were talking off. about... The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, that and, was embarrassing because no one could hit it and you yeah, a bit of a fall. We were saying <laughs> and, that there was a, and the more people missed it, the more yeah. pressure went on the next person. And after a while it was like, let's just... Call this off because they look a bit, you know, yeah. But in some ways, wasn't that more entertaining? Like watching professional athletes like that failing. (laughs) Yeah, and they they try and bowl really slow one, and that doesn't hit either. And it was good for a start that there was a contest. I mean, they've been New Zealand haven't just lost in recent times; they've been annihilated, and they've hardly put up a fight. They've been emasculated. They've embarrassed us all, quite frankly. So the fact that they were actually able to make a game of it was good. Um, They do have an issue. I mean. Super Overs are a lottery. 2020, to some degree, is a lottery. The shorter you make a game, the more fluke nature can come into it. But the issue they do have and can address is they don't have a death bowler. Um, Tim Southey's been tried unsuccessfully. Jimmy Neesham's had a go, not on the team at the moment. Um, they need to settle on someone and, and, and put their you know get that person towards the World Cup as, as the one they want to, to, to be the Super Over bowler. Um, it, ultimately, I don't think anyone cares that much. I think people were really enthused this summer for the Test Series in Australia, that was a debacle, and everything from here is a bit of an anticlimax. But we do have the Test Series against India coming up. 
I honestly don't care, to be honest. I mean, as I've said, the Australian thing, they'd waited all those years to go. I mean, the MCG scenario, they hadn't played there since 1987. People were desperate to see them put up a, a creditable showing, and they weren't able to do it. And I just I just think it's everything else from here on is a bit of a nothing. But is that be- are, you, are you saying that fans, just because they're not winning, you know, against no, the but top they sides? No, they and- didn't fire a shot. I mean, they, they, they were cowardly in the way they, they approached tosses. So they won tosses in asserted Australia, and then they get 400 and plenty again. You watch, you know, this terribly humiliating scenario for their quick bowlers with you know, everyone on the fence and them just bowling 120 and getting pasted all around the park. I mean, that, And then they go out and they get knocked over twice, you know, quickly. They, they needed to be brave and have a bat in Melbourne. That was their only chance to get back into the series. They had a bowl. series was over at that point. They just, yeah, they just looked amateur. They I looked think- weak mentally. They looked weak physically against the quick bowling. That really knocked people about who, who wanted the team to do well. I, I genuinely think that there's a there's a antipathy almost towards the team now for having done so badly, well, the and reality- how they've picked the team. Sorry, Clay, to keep interrupting. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like Williamson was injured for one game, and they, and Stead rolls out all the Cantabrians. Henry um, Astley's now flagged it. Latham was skipper. I mean, fed income. How did that go? Peter yeah, Faulkner think- is his assistant. I mean, how Canterbury do you want it? The, the reality is, you never you're not going to get um, that Australian series back, and there's not you're not going to be able to um, fully. Um, I guess buy into the test team until they go back there and do something like that. That's you're right. Gonna People say, will say, "I think we're going against s- India. There's redemption. Yeah. There's no redemption. Exactly. You have to go back to Australia and win a test series, and you're redeemed." But I think to this, uh, to, to the same, um, to the same degree, Black Caps fans, as such, will still want to see the team respond to that. Okay, they might not might not completely make up for that, but they want to see the team respond to that. Perhaps it might be their next away series against a good team where they can really show a response to that, but better to go and try and perform well against India who have been a very good test team for quite a while now, the number one team in the world, than to just fall over again. If they respond, then at least it shows something, some level of fight, hopefully some change in selection, um, that they have learnt something from that Australian series. I think one thing we've seen for sure is that no matter what the format, if Williamson doesn't get a score, they're not going to get a score as a team, are they? He's, He's critical in every format to them posting a competitive total, and that's that's the big work on. I think they're unlucky with injuries to bowlers, but there's still reasonable depth in the guys who are below them. But batting-wise, they need more contributions from people other than Kane because he can't carry them all the time. But that's the thing about cricket, though, right? It's a really weird game because it's a team mm. sport played by individuals, and at the moment I just don't think there's anyone's shoulders large enough to carry the team. We touched on it uh, a little earlier. Todd Astle, he pulled the pin on his lengthy test career this week. Astle's test career spanned seven years, but he played just five tests, although he maintains he wasn't frustrated at his lack of game time at the top level. Astle appeared to struggle to gain the confidence of New Zealand skipper Kane Williamson, who generally seemed reluctant to pick him, but Astle wasn't critical of the selection policy, which seemed to have him on the outer when he spoke to sports editor Stephen Hewson. Just to be able to play one game for New Zealand is is very unique and, and special to me, and so it was nice to get a crack and play in different conditions and I think I'd won four from four in the Tests arena, so it was a shame to, to break that uh, in that last game, but it was actually probably the most enjoyable as well in terms of just being out there with my mates and, and yeah, playing the best in their own backyard. must have been tough, though, not getting a decent run. No, I, I've certainly just really enjoyed the way I've, I guess, faced adversity or resilience with injuries or, or sometimes selection. You just come back and want to be a better player, and, and I certainly play for that enjoyment and, and the pursuit of, of getting better and, and pushing my teammates and, and, and others, so that's something that I'm incredibly proud of. Did you sense 
Well, I mean, it's a struggle for spinners in New Zealand getting getting a look in. But I mean, did you sense a lack of faith at times from the likes of Kane Williamson and that to, to give you a run? I think we've got such a strong group, and that's the the beauty of the depth that we've created the last couple of years is that we've been really successful. And so, I've just tried to really bring what I can do uh, from domestic level into the international scene. And, and when I've got an opportunity, it's been nice to you know take the odd uh, couple of wickets and some runs. And and that's all you're trying to do is trying to add to that group and contribute to, to doing well and hopefully winning games for whoever you play for. How much of a conversation did you have with him at times as to what he was looking for from from you as a, as a bowler? Yeah, I think you're always trying to be really transparent and clear around your plans and what you're trying to trying to do out there. And so I was always yeah, wanting to do that, and and we're yeah, pretty open around the the role that Spinner wanted to play. And so I'm always trying to expand my game and and, and yeah, add to the group, like I said. How, how tough was it going into that third test in Sydney on the back of that? Well, you had a first class game for about seven weeks or so. Well, a lot was happening, and there was a few guys going down with illnesses and a couple of little injuries. So in a way, it kind of galvanised us to come together and go, look, let's just give it everything we can. And, and yeah, we certainly went about doing that. And, yeah, it was just a shame that we weren't able to withstand enough pressure to be able to put it back on them. We had one uh, good day that second day, I think, but it was, yeah, just uh, probably that compounding pressure that they put on us with bat and ball. It was us just being able to withstand that and do that for a long period of time, which we've done really well the last few years, and that's why we've obviously gone through the ranks and become such a strong side. You've played a few one-days in T20s for the Caps. Do you feel you've got a look in, a chance of maybe get extending that limited overs career? Yeah, I'd love to extend that, that career in white ball cricket. And I have played bits and pieces at times and really enjoyed the opportunity to, to don the, the coloured clothing. And so I'm just wanting to now hopefully yeah, keep pushing the envelope and seeing where I can hopefully fit into into the 11 at, at certain times. And there's a diet of white ball cricket coming up, so I'm hoping to be a part of that. Blackcaps bowler Todd Astle talking to sports editor Stephen Hewson. Super Rugby kicks off tonight. The Blues hosting the Chiefs. Now we previewed the season ahead uh, in last week's Extra Time podcast, so don't want to spend too much time on that again, Hamish and Alice, but uh, just the interest in general in the competition. Is there uh, plenty of excitement? Um, is there for the start of Super Rugby and the end of January? I mean, it's a bit nuts that the uh, Premiership in the UK is on, uh, you know, break mid term break at the moment with Six Nations and we're about to start our season, you know I thought it was a winter sport, not anymore um, we've just started our, our pre-season for club and these boys are already out doing uh, the hard yards I mean, I just have to think about the length of the year that these boys are playing now, I mean, the fact that Artie Sevilla is pretty much written off for the season because he had his surgery, what, back in December where back in the day, you know, you'd be able to recover and get back in uh, to be able to play for it, it's just, it seems a bit nuts, doesn't it? I don't think so um, at all, to be honest. Um, I think they've had a really long break um, because the season finished earlier than it often does mm. when they go north. Um, yeah, and the other th- part of it is I genuinely think that the summer sports are just so dull. I find tennis a bore. I'm not interested in basketball oh. or baseball. Oh. Cricket's been a just an embarrassment. So I've been actually counting down the days for rugby to start because at least it gives sports some impetus, something to talk about, some some you know things to write about it's just i've found honestly the summer a bit of a, a bit of a yawn as far as sports being concerned you'd you'd have a little bit of trouble writing for some of the rugby though cuz you look at the teams that have been named you know and there's a lot of mighty 10 cup guys there that uh, a lot of people don't know who the heck these yeah that's guys my issue are. is they I think this, the time for restricted minutes, for rest weeks, for all that kind of malarkey with All Blacks is, is over. I just, 
they're always saving for a rainy day. Well, the rainy day came, and it came against England, and the women, you know, didn't have an umbrella to sit between them, did they? I mean, they just they were hopeless. What are we waiting for? You know, what are we saving these guys for? I mean, the Test team is there's rotation and that level there's always mm. this mm. thing for like a, a bigger picture a, a day of more importance than the day that we're in like why can't they just play for today put the best players on the park and, and let's watch them I'd be more enthused I know lots of people would be well this is the thing about Super Rugby at the moment it always seems to be yeah what's happening next week we're never as excited about what's going on in the now although I have to say Blues and Chiefs is just going to be interesting we've got kind of a blast from the past with Cruden coming back on the bench mm. I don't know what that's going to be but I guess with this season I'm, I'm kind of more interested in coaching which seems like a weird thing to say because I should be more excited about the players on the pitch but the coaching uh, battles are, are going to be interesting to be shaping up over the next few weeks I haven't seen... When does the Rugby Championship start? I, July. Just, July. I so Ian Foster now wants, uh, you know, his guys rested, ready for that. I, I You know, as, as you say, it's a clean slate after the World Cup. Let's just get back into it and see... Well, we've lost know, enough the, players overseas yeah. as part of the World Cup cycle. They've all abandoned ship and gone to chase money overseas. And the ones that were they're here, and I'm not even playing. We've got guys on sabbaticals. Bowden Barrett's having his annual holiday. I mean, does that guy not want to play in New Zealand? If he doesn't want to... I give him a lift to the airport, he can go overseas and he can stay overseas. If he wants to be contracted to New Zealand, then he needs to be here. Sam Whitelock is the man they want to be captain. He can't even be bothered to play for super for a Super Rugby franchise. I mean, give me strength. I mean, if it's that much of a chore, then they should go. And if they're not getting... I mean, those guys, the top all backs are making a million bucks and they have to get topped up in Japan. Fed income... How hard a life have they got? But isn't that the isn't that the battle? We can't match the overseas markets financially. Oh, you want so a tenth give them, of a million? We, have you ever we, made a hundred thousand in your life? I never have. Not even no, close. No, no, I mean? that's, I meant that's, to spare a thought for these poor I, little guys. Yeah, Let's give them a million dollar six months sabbatical. I'm just saying that's how New Zealand rugby. That's how New Zealand rugby. That's how New Zealand rugby are trying to. Look, if they don't play, they can go. I'm not saying it's right. Of course, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's why they're doing it, isn't it? That's why they're. That's why they're doing it. They're trying to they're trying to please them in other ways because they can't match the other. They're the other begging them, please. Exactly. We know you hate this. We know you want to go, <laughs> but we really need you. So what we're going to do is we're going to let you go overseas exactly. and let someone else pay you because we can't, even though we're paying you a million bucks. Um, and please, you know, come back after that and do a job for us. You'll be might be thirty five by then and absolutely pass it, but we really want you to stay. We've got issues with audience though, right? This, I feel like a little bit of rugby mm. fatigue coming in, and if we mm. if we're getting people to come out and we were expected to pay more for a ticket to go and see these boys, but we're basically watching ITM players playing in the Super Comp. Like it, it's hard to get people excited and getting part of it. I just say I'd be really happy to get paid to play any rugby. I've been playing for twenty <laughs> years, so mm. I'd take fifty bucks, mate, at this point. But the competition this year, uh, of course, it's the last of uh, 15 before the uh, Sunwolves leave. And then we're back to 14 next year, and it's going to be completely round uh, robin. It's no conferences. So that's going to make it uh, better next year if we can get through the season okay. The, no, the new Super Rugby Because you'll get less New Zealand derbies, and they're the only thing that New Zealand fans want to watch. I don't want to see them play. Um Anyone else? I'm not interested in the African and Australian teams. The New Zealand derbies are the one I watch. And instead of 10 of those, we're going to get five of those a year, and that's that's dull. Yeah, but where does the money Sorry, come eight? from? Instead of four? Yes, South I understand Africa, that. Though, I just, but, yes, I understand that, but it's it's going to be... The Super Rugby Chiefs, I know, are meeting with New Zealand Rugby about it now because they're brassed off. They, they rely on ticket sales, and if they can't... You know, there's only so many ways you can promote the appearance of the Stormers in town or, or, or the Reds, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's a lot more straightforward, though, to follow. Like, you have to say, I, I much prefer the idea of a round robin. The conference system has always been, like, I don't know, more convoluted yeah. than it needs to be. And particularly at the back end of a season, it's just been a frustration that you have teams that are, you know, 10-plus points ahead of other teams that have gone through to playoffs. And mm. that just mm. seems just patently unfair and, mm. and means that just that you get really lopsided semi-finals happening. Um, so I'll be more excited. It's going to be probably your New Zealand at the top, but you know, I guess you're going to get a couple more of those matches for you there, Hamish. Then you'll get your derbies yeah. and the semis in the final. Yeah. <laughs> we'll end up the best thing this it. year is though that there's no June break. They're going to play all the way through, so we're not going to have two competitions effectively, or one where the All Blacks don't play, the middle bit where they do play so they can get primed for the Test match and then come back battered mm. after Test. So at least it's going all the way through. There was a big news story this week, and bigger than any uh, cricket or rugby it seemed, that uh, American basketball great Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash with uh, his daughter, unfortunately. It happened in California earlier in the week. Bryant was a five-time NBA champion and the fourth-leading scorer in the league. He uh, also won two Olympic gold medals. So it was global news. It was uh, also big news in New Zealand. But, um, Matt, um, is this perhaps a generational thing that perhaps uh, Kobe Bryant was leading the news and lengthy news stories in New Zealand? Yeah, um, Clay may also be able to talk to this a little bit given we're similar in age but um, I think Kobe was uh, our Michael Jordan probably growing up um, Yes and I had Michael Jordan so this is this is Michael Light I don't understand the, the outpouring of grief because he's, you know, they talk about this mamba mentality and this win at all costs guy who's hard on teammates well, Jordan did that and Jordan was way better yeah. so I just yeah. don't oh, understand no, totally, totally. Um, But I think for us growing up you know, Jordan globalised basketball and NBA right and then Kobe came along and he was that for, for my generation you know growing up you didn't really get to watch too much NBA on TV in New Zealand but everyone still knew who Kobe Bryant was in the NBA like when I go out to parties and whatnot, and we're playing beer pong everyone's yelling Kobe like trying to get mm. it in you know that's that's the mentality you know people people know who he is people knew that he was like the closest thing we've had to Michael Jordan um, and I just think yeah he um, and also also playing for the Lakers, you know, he had that he had that media uh, presence, and he was in the you know city of whatever it's called, I don't know, city of angels. So he, you know, he had that he had that sort of Hollywood personality, I think. So that really went in his favour. Um, Clay, I don't know if you were much of a Kobe fan. I actually wasn't a huge Kobe fan, but I still obviously appreciated what he did and whatnot. Um, how did you feel about it? No, I mean, I think the thing is, is that to, to Hamish's point, Michael Jordan is always going to be Michael Jordan. I mean, I think sort of mythically and historically, he's always going to be, even no matter what perhaps LeBron James achieves, no one's going to go past Michael Jordan. And mm. I mean, he's, he is going to probably be the greatest player for the majority of people. But the fact is that Kobe Bryant achieved a lot and he was known around the world. So that's the reason this has got so much attention. Yes, he was a great player, but he was also someone who was revered around the world, outside of the NBA, outside of the US. So that's the reality of the attention the situation's getting. Um, perhaps it is a generational thing. If if you were the Michael Jordan generation, you might not care for it as much. But if you're a little bit, you're a little bit younger and you grew up where Kobe was in his prime, then you are going to, um, you know, want to know about it and and read the stories and listen to the to the audio clips and watch the videos. Alice, help me out here with someone that's a bit more savvy on social media. But it <laughs> appears perhaps uh, are the news organisations are rightly or wrongly following what's trending. 
I mean, potentially. I just have to say, obviously, as the woman in the room, Kobe Bryant is a difficult character. Mm. And that's, you know, I think he's a good example of the grey because, uh, look, I not really a huge basketball person so I've never been one to kind of lift him up so I don't think it's necessarily my place to pull him down um, at this moment either but you know look he has a controversial past um, but at the same time he was a huge figure for promoting the WNBA so it's it's a really tricky one I think I think he's just realistically there are a few sports stars every now and then that transcend codes right like so you have Joan Alomu for rugby that if you're a non-rugby fan you know Kobe Bryant's one of those but but also it's that it's that whole thing of a sudden death right that's the other part mm. of it it's because of mm. the shock of it you know people are expecting him to be around and present and you know part of the part of the you know furniture for a while <laughs> still and so it's the fact that i think it's the shock of the death the fact that it was a sudden tragic thing that mm. happened that that's why it's become such news i think also the fact that his daughter was involved in the crash mm. and has died as well connected people who are parents to it as well mm. so that perhaps mm. the, the more people um, connected to it because of that he was one of those guys, as you said, Alice as well. He transcended the sport, and I think that was, um, or the sport rather, and I think that was uh, what, and the shock of how young he died was the whole point of it. Um, but there are other um, American sports to talk about, actually, Barry. Um, the the biggest a, game in America, of course, is the NFL. Yes. So I'm sure in the next couple of days that's going to take uh, some of the headlines oh, there. Super Bowl. Hopefully, hopefully. And I believe uh, we have a 49ers fan in the studio. Uh, yes, yeah. the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I did get a whole lot of statistics, but I didn't bring it in with me, so I'm just going now <laughs> off the top of my head. But, so you're like um, one of these people who got on the Montana bandwagon years ago, yeah. at the same time they got on the Liverpool bandwagon, you've been sitting waiting for both of them to do something for a long, long time, haven't you, Barry? Died in the wool. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers, if they win, will join the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots is the most successful team in the uh, NFL. Um, uh, two contrasting teams, though. Uh, San Francisco, uh, surprisingly this year, are all based around defence, and the Kansas City Chiefs are all around Patrick Mahomes in the offence. So it's interesting. Well, I, I just don't know how, how it's going to go. I think the, the, the uh, bookies over in uh, the US believe that there's going to be at least 55 points scored Ooh. in it, which will be... Uh, quite interesting. They have the Kansas City Chiefs as a slight favourite, and of course um, uh, the 49ers again, surprisingly, completely based around a running game. Mm. I think Jimmy Garoppolo in the in the last game only threw it nine times, and so um, yeah, it's the biggest game in in the US, and we're going to get Donald Trump and Michael Bloomberg having ads during it to get their uh, political points of view across, and uh, of course they have just as much interest for a lot of people in the Super Bowl itself, but... Um, what about halftime? Who's yeah, who is the halftime? <laughs> Good question. Who is no, halftime? I won't, I won't be watching at halftime, so uh, I'm not entirely sure. Are so. you a fan, Barry, of the, the whole two weeks what? between matches? I, it's funny that it's such a professional sport and there's so many... So much staff or staff members attached to each team, and yet it often emerges that in that break between the matches, half the team have been in nightclubs the whole way through, <laughs> yeah. and they turn up hungover for the biggest Especially match of the year, Miami. having had those two weeks off. You know, what's well, it's a weird they, one, isn't it? They also have five days of media that they've got to get through. That if it was only a week break, they wouldn't have any time to practice. It seems so. No, that this is a way of selling it also for the NFL. Mm. To just to promote it for two weeks rather than just one week and, and get a lot out of it. So uh, exciting times ahead. Super <laughs> rugby starting. Uh, we've got test cricket just around the corner. 
and the Super Bowl on Monday. Well, that brings us to the end of Extra Time for this week. Many thanks to Alice Soper, Hamish Bidwell, Clay Wilson and Matt Chatterton. On behalf of that team, I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.